Hello everyone, this is Matt Ferret, author of the Prepare for Medicare book series, and welcome to another episode of The Matt Ferret Show, where I interview insiders and experts to help light a path to a successful retirement. Come say hello at www.themattferretshow.com for show links, notes, websites referenced, quotable quotes, and the complete show transcript. You can also check out www.prepareformedicare.com and my new site, www.prepareforsocialsecurity.com. Both support the books, Prepare for Medicare, The Insider's Guide to Buying Medicare Insurance, and Prepare for Social Security, The Insider's Guide to Maximizing Your Retirement Benefits. Each website has a spot where you can sign up for my monthly newsletter. I cover Medicare, Social Security, plus wealth, wisdom, and wellness topics in or nearing retirement. Jackie Doucette doesn't call herself a retirement coach or a life coach, but rather a retirement lifestyle planner. As you're about to hear, she's been practicing and exploring retirement for years. That's because she's retired three times. Her version of retirement is one that's reimagined and redefined. For her, retirement doesn't mean stopping. It just means doing something else. Sometimes that something else means you're earning money to help supplement your retirement lifestyle, sometimes not. We also talk about what couples wrestle with when one retires before the other, balancing the wants and needs of each person and how their lives might change. This episode of The Matt Ferret Show will give you an insider's guide to retirement lifestyle planning, traveling the world on the cheap, location-independent online platforms offering retirees ways to create additional income, and a whole lot more. Enjoy. Jackie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. I'm really excited to be here today. So tell everybody what you do, how long you've been doing it, and how you help people. Okay. I call myself a retirement lifestyle planner. And what I do is I help people who are thinking about retiring or who have just found themselves in retirement and are wondering what to do, figure out what the best course of action is for them, how they can enjoy their life to the fullest now that they've got what everybody thinks is freedom for the rest of their life. And I've been doing it for about three years since I started thinking about retirement on my own. Yeah, how did you get into this? Well, it's kind of a long story. I That's a podcast. I tried we've, got, we've got time. Go for it. All day, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I first retired at the age of 39. And I thought, you know, this is fabulous. I can, you know, I'm done. Look at, you know, look at me. The world is my oyster. Only my kids were little at 39. And there just wasn't going to be enough bread on the table if I wasn't still working. So retirement didn't work that time. So I went back and I figured that maybe maybe I could retire at 50. So, you know, it's always in the back of my head. And I figured, you know, I'll talk to my financial advisor. I'll get it all sorted out. And I came running back to my husband with the papers in my hand. Look, I can retire at 50. And he looked at me and he said, but you've got me making the same income till I'm 85. <laughs> I said, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's my retirement plan. <laughs> <laughs> Not yours. My retirement plan is you working to 85. Yep. <laughs> so we negotiated a little bit and I kept working, but I, it was always in the back of my head. How can I, how can I replace my income? Because that's what we all think about is where's the money going to come from if I retire? And I found a, a package called a, the uh, Paradise Pack. And in it is a bunch of different programs that help you 
make an income from anywhere in the world. So the idea is that you can be, you know, a vagabond, you can you can be traveling around the world and still making money. And I really liked that idea. And I got really involved in one of the one of the programs inside it. And in this program, I met a few people that taught me about house sitting. Okay. And international house sitting is, hey, my my retirement gig, that that is the thing, because you can travel the world. But I was doing that. So I was house sitting. Um, from from my day job, I took all of my vacation all at once. I took five weeks and I went to Mexico to do a house sit. And while I was there, these friends who introduced me to house sitting said, come on Facebook and you know, be an audience for this guy who's trying to teach people how to create content for their podcast. So I said, well, yeah, okay, I've got nothing else to do. I, I'll do that. And in three days, I had 12 months worth of podcast content laid out. So I said, you know, I might as well do a podcast. So my podcast is about my journey to retirement. And from that, I started going along and, and meeting people who have no idea about retirement or what to do, where to go, how to figure it out. And so I figured, well, I can help them. I'm doing all these steps. I can show them the best way, what I think is the best way to plan their own retirement. So that's what I do. And, you know, it finally made it to my retirement point and I've passed that spot. And, you know, now I'm helping other people get there too. Oh, there's so much to unpack there. That's, I mean, I, I don't know how long we have or you have, but I, I can spend <laughs> hours talking about this. So let me, let me go all the way back. You said three years. That's not true. You had practiced retiring prior to three years. You've done this a couple of times. I did. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, you know, I think maybe some of the people listening have heard of the fire movement, right? Financial independence, retire early movie, the movement. And, and that was only a thing starting, what, 10 years ago, eight years ago. But it sounds like you did that well before it was an acronym, FIRE. <laughs> well, except that I didn't get the FI part right. I didn't have the financial independence. I just had the retire early part. <laughs> Okay, so, but you tried and you were always with this ear and eye towards some sort of financial independence and retiring early, getting getting away yeah. from the traditional 55, 60, 65, 70, just kind of living life exactly. on your own terms. And so then you, it sounds like, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm summarizing your story, which is again, many, many, uh, uh, tell me where I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm wrong every day. Then you, you work some more, your husband works some more, although it sounds like he doesn't have to work till 85 anymore, which is good. Um, but then uh, you found a packet of information you said about when was this? I mean, recently, 10, 20 years ago? I mean, what was it the was, packet uh, called? It was called the Paradise Pack. And, and every year, for the last few years, it's come out once a year for, a, you know, for a couple of weeks, it's available. And I bought into it in 2017. And what it has every year is a few different programs or opportunities that people have put together showing how they are living a location independent life, basically. Okay. Different ways that you can lead a location independent life. And that's what I was looking for. Something that would make me money that I could do from anywhere. So your version of retirement um, is a pretty specific version then, right? It sounds like it's a uh, highly mobile, uh, still making an income. You know, it doesn't sound like you're not working. Obviously, you are working. You've got podcasts. You're on this show. Uh, you've got, you know, you're helping people with retirement. You're house sitting. 
that's a different version of retirement than most people I think think of, which is, you know, sit on the rocker, play some golf, spend time with the grandkids. Talk to me about uh, how you found your version of retirement and what that means to you. Okay. I think I knew that when I retired, I didn't want to just sit with my feet up watching Netflix, drinking a, you know, drinking a nice little drink with an umbrella. That wasn't going to be my life because I, I envisioned my life being long and that isn't the way to live it in my, in my opinion, I want to be out and doing things and I love to travel. So I wanted to be able to travel. I want to spend time seeing the parts of the world that I didn't get to see because I was working all the time. And I looked at my parents who were in their mid thirties when I was born, I watched them grow old and I watched my dad retire and his retirement, it started out active. He was doing all sorts of things, but as he got older, the ability to do those things deteriorated. And, and I think a lot of that, you know, a lot of it was, was medical problems, but I think some of it could have been, uh, I don't know, slowed down if he had been up and doing other things, but as he got older, he did less. And I didn't want that, or I don't want that to happen to me. I, I don't want my retirement to be looking out a window from a rocking chair. I want it to be doing other things. And I think that the way to do that is to reimagine or redefine what retirement is. And for me, retirement just means you're not doing the job you were doing for your you know, midlife. It means doing something else. And, and I think that's, I think that's important because most people say, I'll never retire. My job is my life. You know, and those people need to work, but they don't need to do that job necessarily. What, what they're saying to me is I have to be busy. And I, what I like to do is, is help people figure out a different way to be busy so that they're not locked to that job, that nine to five all the time so that they can live their life. When people approach you, do they, are they looking for that? Are they looking for, um, I, I don't mind working or, you know, working in air quotes and I don't mind earn, earning income and retiring, or are they looking to, for you to help? Um, actually, I just want to retire and I don't want to work, or is it some combination? It's a combination. There's a lot of people who come to me and ask me, you know, how can I retire? And, and I'm quick to say, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not going to tell you how you can retire and whether you're going to be able to pay your bills. I'm here to give some options, show you some different paths you could go down, help you create a life that you might want to start living. And in, you know, in that way, help you retire from what you're doing now and move on to something new. What so a, lot, a lot of people... So a, a lot of people think that they have to keep doing what they're doing because that's all there is. They, they've forgotten the things that gave them joy earlier in their life. So I'm, I'm here to help them stir that up and remember what it is that, you know, that makes them jump out of bed in the morning. And what age do you normally have these conversations? Not your age, their age. What, what, what age range? When do people start talking to you? Like, well, before they're thinking about this or like, hey, I just retired a year ago and I'm listless. I wish they'd start in their late 40s, early 50s, when they're at the point where they can, you know, start making those plans and there's still time ahead. But most of the people that have come to me are saying, I want to retire now, or I just retired 
last month, what am I going to do now? And, you know, sure, I can help those people because there's lots of things out there to do, but it's a little harder when you haven't put the plan in motion a little bit sooner. Um, take me through one of those planning. I mean, don't, you don't have to feel like you coach me live here on, on, a, on a recorded <laughs> show, but like, how do you start when someone says I'm retiring or I'm thinking of retiring and I think I need a, you know, someone like you to, I like what you're doing. Show me how you're doing what you're doing and what I need to think about. How do you take someone through that first initial sure. contact? We have a little bit of a conversation first about their current state of affairs where, you know, what they're doing, how they're feeling financially, whether they're comfortable or whether they think they need more money along the way, because that determines whether I go down the road of we need more income. Um, there's a questionnaire that I give them that just outlines or helps me outline what their interests are, whether there's other people in their lives that they have to, in their life that they have to think about, um, what kind of location or lifestyle they're looking for, whether they want to stay where they are because they're happy in their, you know, in their little apartment or their big house, or they want to live in the tropics, or, you know, I go through all the different steps to try to get them thinking about what kind of opportunities are out there. And then from that, we take each section and we go through and do a little a little bit of what if we did this, where would that take you? And you know, what if you were going to move to the West Coast of wherever you are? What would that mean? How would it look? And we just kind of play back and forth a little bit with each of the sections to to lay out what might be a path for them. And then they can take it away and think about that for a while and and say, you know, I want to I want to look into this particular path a little bit more. Let's go down that road. And I go back and, and we go a little bit further with whatever direction they've decided they want to go. Do you normally get asked very practical questions or do you get asked, you know, the, how do I move to Costa Rica questions, you know, from, from, <laughs> from, you know, the central, you know, what, whatever the, the you know, random town in the Midwest, how, you know, what do you get? I've been asked that because one of the things that I've said is that, you know, once we are fully retired, my husband and I, my plan is to move to Mexico. So people have said, you know, how are you going to do that? What are you going to do? What do you think about? So we talk about the logistics of moving to another country, what you do need to think about, what kind of steps are, are involved. But I also get very practical questions like, okay, I'm going to retire, but what do I do tomorrow? And, you know, that that's a big question for a lot of people is, I don't have to go to work tomorrow. What am I going to do? And they're lost. Those are the ones that say, my job is my life. And, and I like those people because those are the ones, hey, you've got a whole new world out there. There's so much to do. How hard is it for those folks to get beyond that whole work is my life? It's hard. It's very hard for a lot of them because they, they're, they're still not dreaming. They're not, they're not thinking in terms of, I can actually move beyond that work. I can I can go out and I can start a new job. I can go out and build my my own business. I can sit on the deck and read a book. I, I you know I can do whatever, <laughs> and they're not thinking that way. When you talk to folks about what's the split between people who need to or want to earn extra income while they're quote unquote retired. And, and the split of people who are like, nope, I'm set. I've got everything. Now I'm looking for that dream and that, and that vision and your help with it. What's that split like? 
I think it's about 90-10 people who say it would be good to have a little bit of income because they're, they're really scared. They're, they're worried that they're going to outlive their money because they're starting to starting to think about life being longer and they're starting to to say, you know, well, maybe maybe I didn't save enough along the way. And what happens when I'm 85 and there just isn't any more money in the bank? So they're all looking for, you know, ways to make some money. But most people seem to think that they, you know, that I've got some little box of get rich quick kind of things. And, you know, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. 90% though is shocking to me. I kind of figured my, maybe yeah. you'd say 50, 50, it's 90%. Yeah. I think, I think that's because the people who are coming to me are the ones who don't think that they can, they can retire. They're the ones that, that are saying, you know, how can you do that? What, you know, what's beyond, what's beyond retirement for me? It's, you know, I'm going to work forever because I don't have anything ready. Oh yeah. That makes sense. So you, I mean, you said earlier in the show, house sitting, uh, yep. what, go what is out there for people who are looking to do this and need an extra couple grand a month coming in or you know maybe may to, to bolster retirement what's out there go i mean I, i'm fascinated <laughs> by this well the the first thing i i should say is the majority of people who are doing house sitting internationally are not getting paid for it it's okay. not a it's not a paying gig what you get is accommodation wherever you're going. Okay. So, and that's a big chunk of, of a travel cost is where am I going to stay? Um, there are people who, who do get paid for it and, and that's, you know, that's fine. Um, I get paid for house sitting when I'm doing it locally, but in another country, you're there on a tourist visa. You're not supposed to be working. You're not supposed to be earning an income, but you still but get a free people... vacation house maybe. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. All right, so let, let's there go there first. Places. Yeah, do that first. Let's do this. Like, how do you go through and in retirement go house sit and either earn earn a living or not a living, but earn money or, you know, you get free room. Um, yeah, talk about that. Talk about that. There are a number of platforms um, online where you can find people who, who are posting that they're looking for someone to come and sit in their house. Usually, you you're looking after pets. That's the majority of of the house sits is because they're they're going away and they don't want to put their pets in a kennel, or they've got too many pets and they can't put them in a kennel. It would be just price uh, prohibitive. So you, they put up their listing and they say, you know, here's our house, here's what here's what we have, here's what you need to do, and people apply for that. And then you get interviewed um, through Zoom or through a phone call, and the people decide who's going to come and look after their pets. And you, you know, you go there, usually there's a little bit of an overlap so that you can meet the people and get the, you know, get the keys and get the lay of the land before they go away. And then they come back and you pass it off again. But sometimes you arrive and there's no, you know, there's, there's no turnover. There's no nothing. You're just there and the animals are there for you. So what kind of sites are, are, are these? Um, Do you have any examples? Yeah, there's one called trustedhousesitters.com. And it's it's worldwide. So you you put in the area that you're interested in. You, you know, you little click a little button at the top and say, I'm looking for house sets. You put in the area, you put in the, the dates that you're interested in, or you just say, hey, just search and see what's available. Um, and then they all come up and you can you can limit it to certain cities or to a whole country. You can do whatever you want. And it's not necessarily just in like, you know, Poughkeepsie, New York. I mean, we're talking some pretty exotic no. locations, maybe. 
Yeah, there are a few. Um, there are some some nice places. Uh, one of my friends or a, a, a couple of people, the ones that introduced me to house sitting actually are on their way to Malta this year. Wow. That's not Poughkeepsie. By the way, for anybody no. listening, I like Poughkeepsie. I'm just, it's a fun name to say. <laughs> that's why I picked it. Okay. So um, house sitting, and that's uh, that's part of the, the travel piece. And there may or may not be money there. But uh, let's say you've got somebody who's like, well, the travel piece is nice, but I do need to make a little bit of money. Um, what are some of the other pieces that, you know, you mentioned you can live anywhere, work when you want. What are these kind of these freedom um uh, earn some money when you want to it's basically the uh i guess the uh laptop and location free uh uber right when i want to yep. work or yep. someone wants to work they turn the uber app on and they drive around and when they don't they don't what's that version in retirement yep. or what are a couple of those um well a couple of them that that i use regularly one of them is uh proofreading and editing mm -hmm. there's a lot of uh a lot of different places where you can find work. Uh, it's not a not a great spot for starting off, but Upwork is a is a website that helps you find work if you want to bid on, you know, do lowball bids to get get your foot in the door. You can usually get some good work from them. What I really like actually um, is a site called Cambly, and you can go on there. You can register as a tutor on Cambly and just sit and you know converse with people. Um, over video chat who want to learn to speak English. They just want someone to help practice their English. And you don't get big piles of money, but they pay you every week um, through through PayPal. You get, you know, 10 to 12 bucks an, an hour for sitting and chatting to people. It's a little bit of money that comes in regularly. And if you've got, if you're in retirement, you've got lots of time perhaps to sit and do that sort of thing. And there are certain times of day that are really really in need of tutors um, because they're looking at people in in Asia which is you know opposite our time schedule a little bit right so it's a, a really simple way to do it I've I've met a lot of interesting people that way what else any others you that are that come to mind um off the top of my head those are those are the two that I use the most um yeah I can't think of another one right now nice it might come to me no, that no, that sounds good. Um, okay, so uh, we were talking about uh, retirement, and and you said ninety percent of the people, you know, were thinking of of, uh, of earning an additional amount of money. Um, if it's not something that's online, that's location specific, or, or actually location generic, right? That's the phrase. If they're looking, you know, yeah, talking about the other ninety percent of the people that want to have some sort of income during retirement. Um, What's your approach there if their version of retirement isn't house-sitting or isn't going on Upwork? Yep. What kind of journey do you take them through? You know, retire in place? Is there a graduated plan from point A to point B? Where, where do you take those folks? I start out the same way, asking them, you know, how they envision their future life, where, you know, whether they, they like where they're living, whether they're comfortable in their house, do they see themselves downsizing, you know, that sort of thing. And I talk about, what kind of skills they've got, what what have they learned through their working period, um, things that they enjoy doing that maybe they've never been paid for before. Thinking that um, being a mentor, teaching, you know, teaching at a local university or community college, that sort of thing will bring in some money, allow them to keep their hand in whatever they're doing if they're interested in it, uh, that sort of thing. 
Nice. And what about the 10% of the people who are like, I'm ready to go? How do you take, what, what's your approach with them? Then we start to dream. And I talk to them about, you know, I take them back in time when, you know, when, when you were 10 years old and you didn't have to do anything, you ran out the door in the morning, what's the first thing you did? What did you think of? What did you want to do? And then we move, you know, gradually age those dreams to something more, you know, age appropriate. And we work along the path toward where those dreams could take them now. Do you find most couples um, are supportive of each other's dreams or do you find that's a little bit harder work than you'd imagine? Um, to be honest, I haven't had a lot of couples come to me together. So the people that I've talked to, um, they seem to be working on their own. So I, I don't know whether they've talked it over with their partner or whether they're just, you know, living their own, living their own dream. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't know. I think maybe I, well, so are you saying maybe they're single and they're not, uh, and, and, or they're, or they're, so, yeah. Yeah. Some of them are single, um, definitely. Cause we've gone through that portion, but some of them are, are couples. Some of them are, have a partner, but I'm just, you know, they're just saying I'm retiring and what am I going to do next? You know, how am I going to, how am I going to make my way? So that, you know, that's one of the things that we talk about at the very beginning about who else is in your life and how do they, you know, how do they fit into the picture? And that's the same. I mean, for me and my husband, we talk about it all the time because he wants to keep working and I want to take off. So we have to sort that out. <laughs> how do you sort that out when someone wants to retire and the other one wants to keep working? How do you sort that out? How do you begin to talk about that? The first thing I think is to have a conversation together about uh, how they see their future, um, whether they whether they're happy with time alone, whether they want to spend all their time together. There, there are lots of couples where one of them likes to travel and the other one doesn't, and and that's perfectly fine as long as they're both happy with that. But they need to have that conversation together. That's not that's not something that. I can advise them on. I all I can say is talk to each other and decide. If you're not happy, you know something has to change. Obviously, right. And I'm sure. So that that's a great segue into the, my my next question. What what do people have to figure out for themselves before they approach someone like you? You know, you just said, do you want to travel? Do you want to you know be a vagabond? Do you want to stay in the big house? What are some other things that you have? I mean, there's family, right? And maybe kids and grandkids. What are some of those things yep. that people really need to think about as one of the couple is transitioning into more of a retirement phase? They have to think about how life is going to be for them as a couple, um, because if only one of them is, tra you know, is transitioning, life is going to be different for both of them at home um, because one of them is going to be there all the time. Or if one of them has been there all the time and the other one is retiring, things are going to change. You're, you're going to be together a whole lot more. So those are things that they need to talk about how, you know, how are they going to um, wrestle with your and my space now, kind of where it's always been my space before. Now, now you're invading me. It's like, you can have time in the living room and I'll go downstairs to the den or, or, you know, whatever, but they need to think about, you know, bigger picture than that. They need to think about, are they happy? Are, you know, what does retirement really mean? And, and, and that takes time. And it, it's a, it's a deep question. And 
they can't answer if they can't answer that when I say what what does retirement mean to you then then we're not starting the process because they've got to they've got to say you know retirement means I'm not working anymore or retirement means I'm going to go volunteer or you know just some idea of where to start if they have absolutely no idea then they start with the little checklist that I that I have on my website and you know sort out what's ready and what's not ready so that we know where to start it uh you're going through those pieces and it it strikes me as it's very I mean, it's a massive change to people's lives. I mean, we're, this is like on, is. A, a, akin to, you know, marriage, you know, death and birth of children. I mean, this is not something to, to uh, you know, just passively do and do in a half an hour over coffee, is it? Not at all. And and people don't seem to realize that. It, uh, retirement is in the top 10 list of big stressors in your life. And most people just look at it as, it's the end, but it's not an end. It's a, it's a beginning. And you've got to take the time to acknowledge that something has ended, sort out how you're feeling about what has ended, and then look forward to what the future has. And, you know, it's, it's a big transition. Tell, give me an example of, of, of someone or give me an example of a couple that have done it well. Um. Okay, actually, uh, I know a couple that has done it very well. Um, they didn't retire at the same time. So the uh, the wife had had a job, but she had a job that was fairly location independent. So she did it you know from home, but she could do it anywhere. and And she finally decided she'd had enough of that. so she you know she just stopped it. And she started to do volunteering you know, visiting with the neighbors, you know, that kind of stuff, the things that you do when you first have free time, while the husband continued to work, and he had shift work, so he was working, you know, mornings, he was working evenings, kind of back and forth all the time. When he finally decided to retire, they did talk about it, and they sorted out what they were planning to do, and they both wanted to travel, which is good, and they decided that they were, you know, they loved their house. They wanted to do renovations. So they started doing renovations a little bit at a time because, you know, nobody wants to throw all the money at it all at once. They did some of that. They've started uh, doing, I'm up in Canada. So they started doing the little, the snowbird thing. They go down to Florida for a few months in the winter just to, you know, ease the, uh, ease the burden of the snow. Uh, this year, actually, they're spending four months usually they do two but they're going to do four months this time which is you know exciting for both of them but they've you know they've got three kids they've got grandkids they've got people all around they don't want to go away so they decided to um, renovate their house so that it's comfortable as they age they're staying where they are and they've made their plans so you know it worked out it was easy for them which is nice Sounds uh, like they spent a lot of time though thinking about what exactly as a as a couple they wanted to do at both as yep. a couple and individually. Yeah, and and they do. Um, each of them goes off. Uh, the uh, the fellow goes off with uh, his brother and a few other friends every once in a while for for you know canoe trip or that sort of thing or a fishing trip. And the wife goes off and goes uh, kayaking with girlfriends. You know they have together things and they have apart things, which is very important. It is. Do you have any examples of people or that you've seen do it completely the wrong way? Um, other than me, when I retired and went back to work. Uh, 
No, I mean, there, that there was have the to wrong be, way. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say there have to be people that you've worked with or come across that are either your, you know, you know, raised eyebrows or, um, or they end up doing things not the way that is optimal in your eyes or, or the wrong way. Have you run into those? Yeah. I, I've seen a few. I, I didn't work with them, but I, I've seen examples of people who have decided that they, you know, it's time to go and I'm just done my job. I've had, I'm fed up and I'm walking away. And then after a, you know, a month of calming down and, you know, coming back to sanity, they've realized, you know, that really wasn't such a bad thing after all, having a job, having some continuity in my day, having a schedule. Um, they float around doing nothing through the day, wandering up and down the streets. I've seen that. Uh, some of them have gone back to work. Some of them have struggled to find work and they're just not, they're not happy because they don't have, they don't have something to guide their day. They didn't find, yeah, they didn't find that meaning or that, uh, yeah. Or that, yeah. Is that what that is? And that's the biggest thing. Yeah. If, if you don't figure out what it is that you're meant to do, um, Maybe you're maybe you're not meant to be a you know a, a CEO of a company you know that's fine. Maybe you're meant to be the uh, little old lady who goes into the kindergarten class and reads to the kids every day. You know that's a wonderful thing to do in retirement. You you can help all the kids learn how to read. You know there doesn't have to be big grand plans, but you need to have something that is your reason for getting up. Talk to me about health. Uh, mental health and physical health and retirement. You mentioned that earlier on in the show when you were talking about your dad and, you know, it sounded like a, you know, pseudo traditional retirement. And then I think we've all heard of the stories of, you know, five years and then things start to, um, yeah. you know, this is jumble of phrases you get when talking about this topic, you know, you know, you use it, you don't use it, you lose it. You, know, you got to keep your brain fresh. You have to own all these kind of, you know, you better exercise, you better eat, right? Like all these you shoulds and do's. What um, what do you focus in on when we're talking about physical health and mental health? What are the, the key common denominators of success for those two things that you found or that you coach? What I've seen is the people who are both physically and mentally active are the ones that are the happiest. The ones that have found something to do every day something that gets them up and gets them moving for, you know, I'm not going to give a prescribed period of time, but something that gets them up and out of the house and doing something every day, as well as having something to keep their brain going, something to, you know, to solve a problem. Uh, my dad did crossword puzzles and the Sudoku every single day, kept himself thinking, you know, that sort of thing. I don't think that you're going to have a long productive post-retirement life if you don't incorporate exercise and mental health, you've got to keep your brain going. That's part of your, uh, that part of your, your, your coaching or your package is the, the mental and uh, physical health and well-being. It is. We, we talk a lot about what do you, what are you actually going to do? Not just, you know, where do you want to live? Like, you know, on the beach under a tropical, you know, tropical backdrop what are you going to do when you're sitting there? Are you going to count, you know, sand grains of sand on the beach, or are you actually going to, you know, be out being productive? You've got to, you've got to do something that fulfills you. 
Let's get to a, a practical or a tactical question I've had too. What do people do for you know insurance or health insurance or visas? Or are there any other practical considerations of of, of uh, retiring and, and being a sunbird or a snowbird or an international <laughs> traveler? What are the other things that are very practical that you've run into or that you can advise someone? I'm sure if, uh, if you're going to be doing the house sitting, um, I know a lot of people in the house sitting community have travel insurance uh, because it covers, you know, losing your bags, which, which gets to be minimal. You, you learn to travel very lightly if you're doing a lot of traveling, but it also covers sicknesses while you're away, which is important. Um, a lot of the places that you go or that, that house sitters are looking for or homeowners are looking for house sitters in are places where the, uh, medical facilities are actually very good. I, I know uh, um, one of my one of my friends was in Mexico and she had a very serious accident, ended up with you know surgery and uh, pins in her knees and you know all sorts of problems. but it was a fraction of what the cost would have been in the US um, because she was there and she got house calls from the uh, from the doctor, you know the whole the whole royal treatment, which right. is really nice um, without any insurance. It depends, you know, it depends where you are, what kind of what kind of uh, medical considerations of your own that you have. Um, there's lots of private insurance companies I know that will help you if you're traveling. Right. Uh, finances, anything around that? I know you're not you said you're not a, a financial planner and that's fine. But what are the um, what are the pieces around financing your retirement that that uh, people need to think of? Do people overemphasize or overestimate how much they need? Or, um, or do they underestimate how much they need if they're trying to do this, you know, dreaming and trying to figure out what's next in their lives? I think a lot of people overestimate how much they're going to need um, because people are, are generally looking at things through the experience of their current life and how much it costs to have their house and, you know, go to work every day and feed the family and, and all that sort of thing. And when you retire, especially if you pick a life, say, of, of traveling, of house sitting, that sort of thing, or even just, you know, slow travel, moving around, picking Airbnbs and seeing the world that way, your costs go down substantially because you've got no property taxes, you've got no home insurance, you've got no car to worry about, you know, all of those things disappear. And in most of the places that people pick to travel, the cost of living is substantially less, which is nice. But for people who want to stay, you know, home, your costs still go down. Um, this is where the financial advisor is definitely your friend in terms of, you know, what are you going to need? How are you going to make those payments? That sort of thing. But you now you don't have the same commuting costs. You don't have the same wardrobe costs. You know, you maybe you're not eating out quite so much as you did when you had a job. So costs go down. What do you find your uh, the people you work with most willing to part with in terms of budget or in terms of money to 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 pay for their new lifestyle if they have to? And what are the things that just people hold on to like crazy that uh, that make you smile? Um, yeah, that's a tough one. People people have creature comforts that they're hard that they have a hard time letting go of. There, they. You know, some things are important. I mean, a, you know, a fast internet is something that everybody wants, right. but 
you know, they, they don't need the latest and the greatest iPhone for example, or smartphone, they can, they could probably drop down a little bit and save some money on their plans, you know, that sort of thing, but nobody wants to disconnect. So that's, you know, that's a big thing is that, and, and I guess it's, it's reasonable to be concerned about that. Um, a lot of people are worried about for house sitting, for traveling, how the house is going to look, whether they're going to be, you know, as comfortable as at home or, you know, whether they're going to have the same kind of uh, facilities as they have at home. And that's that's something that you just have to kind of learn to accept that if you go into Costa Rica or you go into, you know, Ecuador, things might not be the same. You're, you're not going to have, you know, necessarily Walmart on every corner for all the all the things you want to buy. Yeah, that's uh, what are some in terms of that international travel for people thinking about um, spending either, you know, what you've done is the the house sitting or even just spending some time. What are some really easy if you've never traveled overseas before? I've never done this for an extended period of time. What are some really easy kind of gateway countries or gateway areas of the world that people might start to dip their toe into? Uh, I assume, you know, hiking the Andes is probably not the very first thing that you should do if you've never, you know, traveled outside of uh, North America, for example. What are those, you know, kind of gateway, <laughs> easy to kind of uh, pique your interest and try it out if you're not really convinced you want to move to the U.S. Virgin Islands? Well, I know a lot of people really, really in love are in love with Southeast Asia. They like Thailand. They, they found the people really friendly, really easy to get around, really inexpensive so that you can stay and learn about the country um, without it costing you an arm and a leg. It takes a long time to get there um, from this side of the world, but that's a, that's a place that a lot of people go and a lot of people spend a lot of time there. Um, so I know I haven't been. I was supposed to go, but COVID uh, COVID stopped it. So that's on the you know, that's on the little bucket list now. Um, I know a lot of people have dipped their toe in in Costa Rica as well because it's an easy place to get to. It's uh, um, not too expensive. It's you know the the climate is good. Uh, you can get a little bit of everything. I'm partial to Mexico, um, but that's just because that's where I started. That was your that was your uh, your gateway international uh, your gateway drug so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> yep, that was it. Any particular parts? Um, I spent I spent uh, a lot of time just south of Guadalajara, so in the interior of Mexico, and I I really like it there. That's that was the, my very first sit, so I'm kind of partial to that. But I've been up in the mountains a little bit, and I've been to you know the the area that most people go, the Cancun, uh, Mayan Riviera, Riviera kind of places. It's all nice. I I love Mexico. Do you have any um, advice for people listening in their forties and fifties? You said you said earlier on in the show, like start planning this stuff early. Um. What's you? What would be your advice for people now, uh, my age or north of my age? Um, not sixty, not sixty-five, but uh, certainly not twenty. Well, what would? Uh, how do I prepare now uh, at, at this stage in age? Do I need to really think about this stuff now? Do I need to plan for it? Do I need to save for it? Uh, and if not now, then when? And and what do I need to think about? Definitely doesn't hurt to start planning or start saving now. 
Um, it's always a good idea to save if you can, I think. As far as planning, I think it's a good idea to start thinking about what it is you want to be doing. If, you're, if your job that you're doing right now is not your dream job that you expect to do until the day you die, which I think 95% of the people can say it's not, start thinking about what it is you want to do because most people don't know the answer to that. When you say, you know, if you're not doing this job, what would you do? Nobody can answer it. So start thinking about that and start start putting some, some real thought into how can I get to that place? where I'm doing what I want to be doing. If you can, if you can think of even a, you know, a list of five or six things that you would really like to be doing, then you can start planning for one of them and, and get yourself going in the right direction so that you're not stuck when you get to 55 or 60 going, what am I going to do now? And have to make the, you know, make the, the leap into what is there. Well, at least for me, personally speaking, right? Yeah, sure. I would love to go do something I thought of when I was 10 or 12 or 15. And I, you know, when I'm drifting off to sleep, I imagine myself doing it, but that's not going to pay the bills. You know, you when you've spent 20 or 30 or 40 years in a career, right, you've got this upward, hopefully upward slope of income over the years that now you're a specialist. Now you're, you know, you know, a topic you're you get paid for your expertise or you get paid for your yeah. Um, you know, your, your, your labor, your skill, your, your highly honed skills at this point. Um, so how so do you, how, how do you balance that? Yeah. How do you balance that with those dreams? Well, and, and that's, that's the reason I think that when you're 45 or so, and you're thinking I'm on that up, upward trajectory, I'm, I'm making the money, I'm becoming an expert put that, you know, put some of that away. Don't, don't spend it all. Don't live way up here, you know, at the top of your means, live below it so that you can do that dream that you have in your head when you go to bed at night, you know, just hold on to that dream. I, I'm not saying you're necessarily going to do it, but hold on to the, the dreams of the things you wanted to do, because that's, what's going to keep your imagination going so that when you get to the point where you can pull the plug and start following your dreams, you have some. All uh, governmental benefits aside, give it to me. What's the best age to retire? <laughs> right now. Right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> with a little no, planning, that, right? Right yeah. now with a little planning. Is that right now with an asterisk? Yeah. I think the age to retire is the age when you're still excited about doing things when you get up every day. Because you don't. You don't want to retire and drop dead. You don't want to retire and have nothing to do. You want to be able to use the time and enjoy the time. I like it. What uh, what questions? We've covered a lot. What questions did I not ask you that I should have? Oh. <laughs> That's a good one, huh? It's a good question. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> question. <laughs> um, I guess the only thing would be something like, does the plan ever fail? <laughs> okay, know, good somebody one. Somebody goes down that path, you know. Well, there you go. Answer guess... that question. Does the plan ever fail? What, ha what happens if the plan fails? Let's say you go down that path. You take three steps, four steps down that path. You find yourself house sitting in Costa Rica. 
you're only making 10 bucks an hour on Upwork and all of a sudden five years in, uh, things aren't looking so good. What, what then? Then you start the process again. You sit down and you go through that checklist right from the start that I talked about, about you know where you are, what you want, what you need, and how am I going to get there? You just you know rinse and repeat. You start all over. So it didn't work. I mean, you know that's the way life goes. It doesn't always go according to the plan. Failure is an option. That's that's true in every facet of exactly. life. Exactly. Yeah, it's just and, the, and, the acceptance of failure and the acceptance and, of the chance that you might actually fail, and it might not work out the way you think. But you get you got to try. No, exactly. And the only way you really fail is if you just give up when it happens. I mean, you just take the failing as experience and you start again. Knowing what you know, you move up to the next spot. I like it. Thank you very much for your time today, Jackie. Is there anything else that you want to cover that uh, that we didn't get to today? I don't think so. I think we covered everything. How do people find you on the internet? My website is beyondretirement.ca and that's the best way to get me. Awesome. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Thanks very much, Matt. Thanks, Jackie. Make sure to hit the Matt Ferret Show website for links and show notes. Until next time, to your wealth, wisdom, and wellness, I'm Matt Ferret, and thanks for tuning in. The Matt Ferret Show, related content, publications, and MF Media LLC is in no way associated, endorsed, or authorized by any governmental agency, including the Social Security Administration, the Department of Health and Human Services, or the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. The Matt Ferret Show is in no way associated with, authorized, approved, endorsed, nor in any way affiliated with any company, trademark names, or other marks mentioned or referenced in or on The Matt Ferret Show. Any such mention is for purpose of reference only. Any advice, generalized statistics, or opinions expressed are strictly those of the host and guests of The Matt Ferret Show. Although every effort has been made to ensure the contents of The Matt Ferret Show and related content are correct and complete, laws and regulations change quickly and often. The ideas and opinions expressed on The Matt Ferret Show aren't meant to replace the sage advice of healthcare, insurance, financial planning, accounting, or legal professionals. You are responsible for your financial decisions. It is your sole responsibility to independently evaluate the accuracy, correctness, or completeness of the content, services, and products of, and associated with, The Matt Ferret Show, MF Media LLC, and any related content or publications. The thoughts and opinions expressed on The Matt Ferret Show are those of the host and The Matt Ferret Show guests only, and are not the thoughts and opinions of any current or former employer of the host or guests of The Matt Ferret Show, nor is The Matt Ferret Show made by, on behalf of, or endorsed or approved by any current or former employer of the host or guests of The Matt Ferret Show.